Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Last week, we started walking through the pages of the Acts of the Apostles. We're following what happened after Jesus was taken up to heaven. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. They then could not keep quiet. They went onto the streets, spoke in different languages. 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. And so it continued. And on Friday, we saw what happened when Peter and John went into the temple, as was their custom at three in the afternoon. But on this particular day, they healed a lame man. Now, that was to cause a lot of trouble for them, Colin. They yes. were put in prison. And told not to preach any more about this Jesus. That's right. They got hauled before the council and were commanded not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter's answer to that and John was, judge for yourselves what is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. So they knew that they could not be silenced. They had to go on preaching the gospel. Now, they were released, uh, which was which was great because, you know, uh, following what happened to Jesus, anything could have happened to these men. So on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And everybody started to praise God and to thank him for their release. But they realized that now the opposition was increasing much as there is increased opposition today to the gospel. It, it's no use just moaning and groaning and complaining about it. What they needed to do was to pray to God. They needed more of God to be manifested in their lives in order to meet the challenges of this current situation. So they prayed, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, what a prayer, because they've just been warned not to preach in the name of Jesus. So now they're praying for even more boldness to go on praying in the name of Jesus. They're asking the Lord to stretch out his hand to heal, and the whole of Jerusalem is in turmoil because of the healing that had happened, the very public healing that had happened to this cripple at the temple gate. They were living in a wonderful time where the Spirit of God was moving freely, yet the whole tenor of their prayer is to say, Lord, we need more grace. We need to see you doing more. Now, they didn't actually ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. They probably didn't see the need of that because they knew that all that was already happening was the result of the Holy Spirit who had already come upon them at the day of Pentecost. But it's interesting what had happened. What happened? Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. 
Now, what is going on here? You see, there are some people that say you can only be filled with the Holy Spirit once. Will you try telling that to God? Because Jesus poured out this Spirit upon them on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of Christ was poured out upon them. But the Spirit is poured out upon them again here at the end of chapter 4. And they didn't turn around and say, Lord, you weren't supposed to do that. We got filled in chapter 2. This is chapter 4. They didn't say, Lord, you got your doctrine wrong. You can only receive the Spirit once. No, they knew that they needed the release of God's power to be more and more obvious so that they could be more and more effective, especially in this atmosphere of growing opposition to the gospel. And I believe that it wasn't simply the gift within them that was being quickened, but the Spirit was coming upon them afresh, which is why the building was shaken. Now, I explained in this program that back in September we had an experience uh, when the staff of, of Kingdom Faith were praying together, when that violent wind came and shook the building, just as described here, And then, of course, the Spirit of God came upon people uh, in the meeting. So God does this kind of thing uh, today as well. And every one of us had been filled with the Holy Spirit already before then. We were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, But the Spirit of God came upon us afresh, and great things have been happening in kingdom faith ever since. Hallelujah. And uh, you see... They weren't going to be deterred by the circumstances. They recognized that what they needed was greater boldness. Now, we read about the Spirit first coming upon them in chapter 2. At the end of chapter 2, we have a description of the corporate life that was developing among the believers. In other words, they were establishing what it really meant to be church, to be God's kingdom people in Uh, uh, on the earth and now after this second experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon them we have a further description of how this corporate life of these early believers was developing and we read in verse 32 all the believers were one in heart and mind no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own but they shared everything they had With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. How extraordinary. How do you get people to live like that? Well, I've been part of communities of people that have lived like that. Yes, even in the 1970s in an Anglican church where people were sharing everything in common, meeting their needs of their brothers and sisters and so on. So this isn't just something that happened in the early church. It's something that can happen wherever the Spirit of God is given freedom in the lives of his people. Tremendous sense of unity there. Tremendous sense of, of unity that comes from the love It's the love 
that is so obvious in terms of that love and care for one another and trust and yes i mean the the, the trust has to be in god and therefore you, you trust one another but it, it's um uh, you know it isn't that people sell the houses that they're living in but if you have spare houses spare land spare this spare that okay what do you need that for what do you need a second house for you sell it and and, and so on and um uh, so it it was a question of realizing everything we are and all that we have is at the lord's disposal because on the cross he paid the price for us so all we are all that we have rightly belongs to him and they were learning uh to let the holy spirit um show them if you like lead them as to how to handle even the practicalities of their lives including the ordering of their finances so when Ananias and Sapphira came along and sold a plot of land and only bought part of the money but pretended they were giving all the money this was a serious situation yes the the serious thing was not that they held back some but that they made out that they had given it all because that was lying it was deceiving and the holy spirit is the spirit of truth uh, and the devil is the father of all lies so here in this community of people where the spirit of god is moving so strongly this very negative really kind of satanic thing of somebody trying to deceive the rest of the church comes in and what happens well ananias falls dead it's very dramatic isn't it shocking um my goodness you can understand the fear of god coming upon people can't you uh i haven't known anything quite like this but i have known situations pretty similar to this not that i would want to talk about them publicly but let me tell you that um that you do not fool around with god and if if people try to deceive they they will pay a price unless they really repent and of course when safara comes in she the same thing happens to her now what we must understand is that neither the apostles nor the rest of the people wanted this prayed for it to happen or made it happen it was really a judgment from god so it says in verse 11 great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events well where would we be today if god acted in the same way because you know there are so many negative so many so much deception so much that isn't right in the life of the church but there isn't the same intensity of anointing of the life and power of the holy spirit so uh when we see revival come in its full glory which we shall do in this nation people will not be able to trifle around with god in the ways in which they do now awesome things will probably happen then You've been listening to Faith for Today presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information visit our website kingdomfaith.com. 